welcome back to the Pod of Cultura. Um, my name is Milena, for those of you who may not know me, for, but for those of you who do, hi. Um, today, we have a very important episode. Um, I really wanted to have an episode where we talk about mental health, especially right now, because as of today that we're filming is today is December 2nd. Um, we are in week 10 at UCLA, and for a lot of us, this is when our mental health declines. <laughs> but, but nevertheless, there are so many other important things that come with mental health, and, you know, school is just like the tip of the iceberg as to what other burdens that there are. And, um, but joining me today, I have a very special guest. I am joined by the lovely and talented Tonali. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hello, everyone. Also, that was so beautifully said. Yes, Milena. Okay. Hello, everyone. I'm a first year. I'm planning to double major in Latin American studies and sociology. My minor, but I have to talk to an advisor before that and something else. Um, And okay, what I enjoy most about LFTA, definitely just the people. Everyone is so nice. It's such a beautiful and wonderful community. And I always feel so supported by everyone. So I definitely love that. That was beautiful. <laughs> yes, I am so sad that the quarter is ending because I had so much fun with LFTA. And as many of you know, um, we're both part of LFTA. Yes. And, you know, LFTA is a group of um, Latinx uh, filmmakers, creatives, theatrical people. Yes. <laughs> and we have been creating a lot of cool stuff yes. this past quarter. We just filmished, finished filming a short film called Meat Lover. Ooh-ooh. And next quarter, we're going to do a couple more short films that Yay. I'm not going to say too much about right yeah. now. But if you guys want to keep up with that, I would recommend following our Instagram, which is, I believe, LFTA UCLA. I believe so too. I think it is. (laughs) I might be wrong and bear with me, but you can also just look us up. Just look us up, LFTA on Instagram. And we also have a TikTok. And (laughs) as of this week, one of our TikToks got 1 million views, which is absolutely insane. So if you guys want to give us more support, go check out our TikTok, which is LFTA Talks. And we have a lot of fun things on there. We have our. BTS footage from Meat Lover coming out on there soon, hopefully, and just keep up with us and see what we're about. So yeah, our Instagram and our TikTok. Our Instagram is also connected to our YouTube channel and other things that we have. So we have a YouTube channel. Yeah. I did not know that. No more, you know what? I, okay. Yeah, I didn't really know that either. But <laughs> we do. And so yeah, if you want to follow us on the socials, please do because that's where we'll be announcing most of our projects because we're really excited about that all right with that being said we are talking about mental health today which means that some of the topics that we're talking about might be a little bit triggering for some so to take care of yourself please please don't feel obligated to listen to this episode we will be talking about um anxiety depression um maybe even trauma and just 
overall triggering things. Um, I'm hoping that there will be lots of mental health resources in the description. So if you need help at all, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 1-800-273-8255. UCLA also has CAPS. Um, I believe this is um, the phone number for the counseling and psychological service. Yeah, that's CAPS. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it Let is 310-825-325. Yeah. Zero seven six eight. So please, please, please um, get the help that you need and don't mm -hmm. feel obligated to listen to this episode. But after all that being said, buckle up because <laughs> this is a really good episode. All right. Yes. So mental health. Let, I just want to kind of like ease into it. Mm -hmm. Generally speaking, how do you think mental health looks like today? Like how how. I mean, obviously, it's better than how it's been in the past because in the past, it's just been suppressed and yeah. stigmatized. Um, but today, like, what do you think? I'll let you talk because I've been talking a lot. No, you're good. You're our host. We got to let you talk. <laughs> um, well, definitely, obviously, if we've seen some changes in the world, major ones in the last three years, obviously, COVID, and that has greatly impacted everyone's mental health and has really caused, like, ev I think everyone's issues to just come up if you've suppressed them for so long because we've been in isolation. So obviously we've had time to sit with ourselves, sit with our feelings, and definitely recognize probably the issues and the problems that we do have. And I don't want to say that mental health is worse than it's ever been. Well, it definitely <laughs> is at a height, but I don't want to allude to saying that, like, mental health was never around. Like, mental health issues were never around before. But that's what I definitely think about that. Yeah, no, you're so right. And, you know, it's good that there's more conversation about it today. Definitely. Um, 2020, definitely. I mean, I'm going to go back yeah. to talking about 2020. <laughs> but 2020 definitely was a period of introspection for a lot of us. And I yeah. think um, a lot of us spent a lot of time just reflecting on our lives. I know I did that a lot. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but... It sucks, though, because of because there's I mean, I feel like more than ever since we're all growing up and being adults, um, we're kind of more aware of the news and how much how well how scary the world Sorry, is. Yeah. And that's causing a lot of anxiety. I know mm -hmm. with the with covid, I feel like it's caused a lot of people to go into their like fight or flight and mm -hmm. which is why there's so much like tension and controversy with like masks and yeah. like um getting vaccinated and please get vaccinated yes um <laughs> so I would say like it's just it's insane to see how people have completely kind of divided yeah you know the overall like heightened tensions in like mm -hmm. every area of yeah. society yeah exactly so um it's definitely gotten better because there's more conversation and mm -hmm. because there's more resources coming out. But that being said, there still isn't enough resources. Yeah. You know, so I feel like, you know, we have all these national like text lines you can mm -hmm. call, but those are only for like crisis situations. I feel like some people just need the consistent help of needing someone to talk to and mm -hmm. unpack their baggage with but um 
No, I definitely feel like that. Like, there's not enough work for prevention. It's more just kind of, like, nothing to really solve yeah. the actual issues which cause, like, all of these things to arise and, like, these stressors. It's just kind of putting a Band-Aid over exactly. a very, very serious and, like, deep-rooted yeah. problem. And, I mean, it's good that there issue, are... I should say. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's good that there are, like, resources, but it's also, like, like you said, it's, like... These resources are for, like, the worst-case scenario. Exactly. And you, and you don't yeah. ever want it to get to that yeah. point. You don't mm-hmm. ever want to... You don't ever want a person to get to that um, life-or-death situation, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And even half the time, like, I remember seeing um, a... I think it might have been a TikTok or, like, a tweet. Mm-hmm. But this person had called the National Suicide Prevention Line and they put her on hold. Oh, my God. And... I know we just like plugged it, but at the same, <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, you don't ever want to get to the point. So it's important to try to like start now rather yeah. than later. Yes. And find the tools that are special to you and will help you. Cause everyone's different too exactly. in their journey. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mental health in Latinx communities. That is what we're here for today because we are a Latinx club. We have to talk yes. about Latinx problems. So Right off the bat, there is so much stigma <laughs> in, well, there's so much stigma with mental health in Latinx communities. Let's talk about it. <laughs> Let's talk, yes. So mm. the stigma probably, it comes from so many different, um, what's the word? There's so many different roots to mm-hmm. it. Um, there's like, I feel like just immigrants in general have a lot of stigma towards mental health yeah. because of how they were raised. Yeah. Um, the word of the day is machismo. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, machismo, I feel like, is one of the reasons why a lot of Latinos can't, f- they can't feel like they can express themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if they can't express themselves, why would they ask for help? <laughs> um, What do you think? Have you, I don't know, like, how do you see machismo? Like, for me, well, actually, it's really dope because I'm taking a Chicano studies class right now, and we've focused on this obviously because I've heard the word being Chicana myself throughout my whole life, and I also think it's important to note that I feel like this idea of hypermasculinity has only been labeled upon like Latinx men, when in reality, it's also other men also have this as well so when we talk about this obviously try our best not to just stereotype Latinx men as all being hyper masculine and not willing to share their emotions but talking about it, it is an issue that we see much in our community and it's not only a disservice to the men in our community but also the women the children the LGBTQ members of our community who are often the people who also in turn suffer from the suppression of emotions because then the only way that's really acceptable to express your emotions is through violence and most of the time those are the people who are the victims to that unfortunately. That was beautifully said Donali, thank you for that and that's a really good point that you make that it affects everyone involved. Machismo doesn't affect just men. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately they are kind of like at the center of it Mm -hmm. because that's what they're taught, but it definitely affects women, children, 
people of different genders, sexualities, mm-hmm. like it's hard, you know? Yeah. Um, I feel like women especially, <sighs> I, j- I just did a <laughs> whole project about this. Yes. <laughs> um, was this what the presentation was about? Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yes, oh, no. it was. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Little tea. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was thinking about the fact how, you know, in traditional households, there is a male-dominated authority. Yeah. Or male-dominant authority. Mm-hmm. I can't speak English. Um, and, you know, for the for the most part, they're raised in a way that you're not allowed to cry. Yeah. You're not allowed to talk about anything. You're not allowed to complain. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to j- just kind of show anything. Yeah. Your job is to provide. Yeah. And... Obviously, that sucks. <laughs> you know, that's not cool yeah. to tell a human that they can't express exactly. themselves. And, but at the same time, with machismo, like young boys are raised that this makes them strong mm-hmm. to suppress their feelings and yeah. emotions, which isn't okay because, you know, as a kid, like I can't imagine like having little having a little boy fall and their dad mm-hmm. tell them like don't cry, don't cry. that's what girls do mm-hmm. and that's another problem like crying and showing emotion has been has become a feminine like quality mm-hmm. which is not true it's a human quality exactly you know yeah <laughs> and a sign of weakness when it's really not it's, yeah, yeah exactly if anything like and i tell this to everyone i know that yeah. being vulnerable and showing your emotions is one of the strongest, strongest things, things you can, can do, do. yeah um, because it's important. You can't just bottle things up mm-hmm. and, and because then you're going to lash out. And that's, w- and that's another thing with machismo. Like when men start to bottle up everything, they only know how to express themselves through anger because okay, it's yeah. a manly mm-hmm. emotion. Yeah. But that also becomes violent sometimes. Yeah. Well, it's go ahead. Interesting. This is a little off topic. So if we're running long, we can cut this out. But something interesting that I've always seen is just usually obviously with sports and entertainment, like the only times like I see some of the men in my family really express their emotions is when they're watching sports. And I feel like it's interesting because that's like one of the only areas and arenas that they're allowed to be happy, be sad, cry, like, I feel like no one even asks questions when they wow. cry over a team, like, not winning a game. And it just makes me sad because I'm like, wow, this is really the only space where they're allowed to express, like, the full range of their human emotions. Wow. I never mm-hmm. even realized I, that. like, just kind of started to think about Holy that. Cow. Because I've seen, like, some crazy, like, sports fans recently. Yeah. And then <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, yes, you do you. Um, that's insane yeah. though because like I never even put the puzzle pieces together with that you mm-hmm. just gave me like an and it's only because like sports are kind of yes, yes testosterone mm-hmm. no that's yeah. so true and you you know you see most men like watching a soccer game and being like yeah like yeah. cheering and they're loud about it mm-hmm. and it's honestly great you know it's great that at least they have that but for the most part like there's not sports every day so yeah. you know like <laughs> you can't always Yes. Rely on that. And obviously watching sports, it doesn't, it's not the same thing as actually talking about how your day was exactly and why your day was good or bad. Yeah. You deserve other avenues and like, I don't know the proper term, but just ways to vent and express yourself. 
I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's crazy because, um, so going back to like the fact that machismo tends to affect all parties involved, you know, we've talked a lot about how it's been affecting men, but how does it affect the girls? Mm-hmm. You know, the girls are used to seeing their fathers, their brothers, their uncles just never really express themselves. And I don't know. I feel like, I mean, as a kid, when I was a kid, I was, <laughs> I was a very emotional kid <laughs> and that's okay. Same. It's fine. But you know, little, little boys, they're going to tell you like you're being a crybaby, mm-hmm. you know, and then they're going to like try to make you feel bad about that. Yeah. And I remember like having that told to me as a kid mm-hmm. and so then you know this becomes like a preconceived notion that crying is bad yeah you know if anything I love crying <laughs> it's like it feels so good to just release, a good release it. yeah and you know sometimes I do still get embarrassed when if I'm like with my friends mm-hmm. and then we're talking about something and then I just get emotional or yeah. telling them about something happening in my life yeah I get emotional and I'm like, don't look at me. <laughs> but, um, but usually it's not a negative response, Yeah, you know, especially if you're with the right people, mm-hmm. but it just sucks because it's just a constant pattern. Yeah. And it's really hard to break. It's not something that has like an easy fix. And especially if you're still in an environment where people are upholding that, like, For me specifically, there's been things not even necessarily related to machismo, but trying to check myself in certain things and certain thought processes. But then when I'm like surrounded maybe by like older generations of my family who have like a very conservative thought process at times, like my great grandma, who's still with us. We love her. She's a trooper. Um, But she says very problematic things sometimes oh yeah and it's hard when you want to like correct them but then sometimes other family members are like it's fine don't like say anything so it's hard because I feel like with older generations you kind of want to be like no this is what the times Mm -hmm. are saying now it's actually okay to be emotional you know but at the same time it's like they've gone through their whole life yeah being told one thing yeah it's gonna take a lot to change their exactly And unfortunately, like, I mean, there's still time. It's still possible to do that, to try and undo um, beliefs. But it, it's going to take a lot. And But that's why yeah. we're here. That's why we're here to talk about this. And, you know, hopefully this reaches this generation and future yeah. generations. Yes. So, like, say it's okay to mm-hmm. express yourself. It's okay to talk about what's weighing on you. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, like... Um, I feel like a lot of Latinx individuals today mm-hmm. with given today's climate, given today the political climate. Yeah. Um, a lot of us are struggling with like anxiety, mm-hmm. depression, um, maybe just other disorders that have always been there. I won't get too personal, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, I've had anxiety since I was alive. Yeah. <laughs> I've always been an anxious person and Mm -hmm. you know as a kid like how do you explain that um I'm very fortunate that my parents well I'm very fortunate that my mom Mm -hmm. has been very understanding with um my anxiety she's Mm -hmm. always been very patient with me she's always been like doing whatever makes me feel comfortable yeah um but sometimes like 
um, you know how in Latinx families it can be. Things start to float around the family. And mm-hmm. um, sometimes, like, I remember having my godmother confront me about <laughs> this issue I was having as a kid, a really yeah. big issue I was having with my anxiety. And she basically was like, well, why? Like, why? Oh, my God. Why don't you, why aren't you just happy? Like, mm-hmm. like why don't you just, like... As if it's a choice. Yeah. yeah. And I remember, like, I was like, uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and I didn't know what to say to her because yeah. she also like did this when I was like ten years old. Mm-hmm. How am I going to know how to explain why I'm afraid of the world? Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. And I remember my cousin; she was in the room, and she was like, "Mom, stop!" Yeah, like, you know. And I really appreciated that, but yeah. um, it sucks because I also feel like this isn't really being taught to younger kids. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, especially today, going back to COVID, yeah, um, you don't know what's going on. They're going to have big emotions, mm-hmm. but who's teaching them how to like handle these handle big emotions? Those. Yeah. So I don't know. Like, what do you, I mean. Yeah. Well, there's a lot we can unpack. We can <laughs> unpack here. But I think even just going back to what you said with dealing with, even with family, trying to talk about these issues, like, as you mentioned, a lot of people in our community just have this like um, fight or flight response when talking about these things. And I, like a lot of members of our community, like are immigrants or have come from lower income backgrounds. And I feel like when you're in that position, especially like the older generations who have probably like started this journey to like moving upward for all of us, um, like all they could do all that's been on their mind is just survival. Like just getting through the day, like don't think about it too much or else you're just going to completely fall apart. So that's why it's kind of they themselves don't award themselves that like time to have self-care, just like accept the emotions and deal with the emotions that they're having. And then so they don't award that that part also to the later generations and that sympathy towards other members of their family and kind of this like repeated cycle of not being accepting and having these conversations. And unfortunately then we have like circumstances like yours where you're being confronted for something that you can't even control. I'm like, I don't know. And then feeling guilty about that. Yeah. 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 No, it's crazy because, um, I feel, yeah, especially in immigrant families, they have a either let's sweep that under the rug mentality Mm -hmm. or let's move forward and never look back. Yeah. Which, you know what, I appreciate the let's let's move forward and never look back. I do, because life goes on. We cannot dwell either yeah. on the things that we can't control. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you're going to look back. You know? <laughs> yeah. Look back. <laughs> it's inevitable. It, yeah. It's constant. Looking back yeah. at, I mean, what you've gone through and, like, I mean, for me, I'm becoming so much more self-aware because mm-hmm. I'm in therapy. <laughs> um, sorry, that's so weird. We're having this mental health conversation. Mm-hmm. My old coworker <gasps> from my mental health yeah. job just texted. Oh me. my that's, god, no. that is so weird. <laughs> anyway, um, they know. They know saying. we're talking about it. <laughs> the thing about mental health is just there's so many factors that come into play about the stressors and the, just the stresses that usually prompt it. For me, I my parents got divorced when I was very young. I, it's fun. I like 
don't even remember them ever being together. So, um, but they have a good relationship. I've kind of just like, I've become used to it. Yeah, that's good. And, but then like, that's obviously something that's played into just like my life in general and the opportunities I've had and just the way I've grown up. And then I've also just come from like a low income background. And obviously there's just a lot of, not issue, but like pressures that people experience when you come from that sort of background. And so I feel like, my I'm also a very anxious person and I've been coming to terms with my anxiety and there was kind of a height of emotions I'll say or just the worst my anxiety got was probably my junior year of high school Me too. <laughs> and it was not a fun time um I just kind of there was just the period where I swear I would go to school every day and I'd have a breakdown. And to be fair, there was a lot of things happening in my personal life, which were really just factors I couldn't control. There was a lot of changes. And also school was very hard. Junior year kicks everyone. Can you? I I won't curse, but kicks your butt, basically. And so it was a lot happening, a lot of emotions, things that I couldn't control. And I just felt, yeah, like my life was out of control. And I didn't understand why a lot of things were happening to me, but the way I kind of got through, well, it's funny because I think back on that time and how anxious I was and now I'm not. And I'm like, I don't even know when that like, transition necessarily like happened. What happened? Because I know like it wasn't like one day it was poof, it was gone because no, it was, it was to the point where, well, cause it was like academic stress and then just like personal life stress, but like Every time I went to bed, I would kind of feel this weight on my chest and then I'd go to sleep and then I'd wake up and for like a minute, like a moment, I'd feel like kind of this relief. And then a second later, I'd feel like this kind of just weight on my chest, like this anxiety. That's where it kind of manifests for me. And one of the issues is I would beat myself up about it. I would think about little Tonali and how happy she was in life. And then now, like I was like, what is wrong with you? Like, you still, like, even though parts of your life aren't perfect, you still have parents who support you, you have people who love you. And I just couldn't wrap my head around why I was so anxious. Well, like, I knew, but, you know, you just, when you're in that state, you kind of beat yourself up and you don't award yourself the sympathy that you would necessarily give others in that circumstance. So it was a very rough time, to be just frank. But I was very lucky in the fact that I did have fam, like my dad really understood. And my dad was simultaneously going through some struggles with mental health himself, which was a lot to take in because, you know, when you think of your parents, you think of these strong people who are basically invincible. And when, (laughs) and when you see them struggling, it's like, whoa, it's a little scary at first. And then you realize just like, their humanity like there are people who go through things too and it can be very scary when you yourself need a shoulder to cry on but then when they need one too and it's just a lot (laughs) (laughs) to handle but I was lucky that he was so sympathetic my mom was too but she was also like come on girl you have so much to be thankful for it's fine we still love my mom she's still my favorite person but yeah I also yeah (laughs) um but even with my um I actually am so 
grateful that I did go what I went through because it helps me get a lot closer to one of my grandmothers who actually like during that time I remember my dad asked me if I like wanted to go drive over to my grandparents house to go pick something up they live in Burbank and so we went and then eventually we just had like a conversation about how life was going and I ended up just like crying in my grandmother's arms like about everything I was kind of stressed out about and she was just the best person about it she was like none of this is your fault you'll get through it and then would like for weeks after it'd be like do you want to like giving me like little tips and tricks of things to kind of get through it and was super sympathetic towards my situation and my feelings and obviously she'd seen me grown up she'd been with me my whole life but she'd never seen that side to me and I've never been that vulnerable with her but those emotions and kind of the state that I was in allowed me to open up with her in that degree and I just feel so lucky that she was so accepting of the struggles that I was going to and so supportive of of me and I just feel very blessed to have that because I know not everyone does shout out to grandma shout out to grandma (laughs) Vanessa I love you um and yeah that's beautiful Mm -hmm. thank you so much for sharing that that's that's really important. I think yeah. that's going to help a lot of people too to kind of feel seen and heard. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much for sharing yeah. that. I know it's not always easy. Yes. But that's beautiful. And, you know, I mean, there are so many parts that I even related to. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I don't know. It It's so hard because I want to go back to when you were saying like changes. Mm-hmm. Changes cause a lot of anxiety. Yeah. I know. Oh, man. (laughs) Like, I feel like that's not talked about enough with the fact that, like, there's so many transition periods Mm -hmm. in your life. Yeah. I I always say this. I say this all the time. Every summer is a transition. Mm -hmm. And that's what it's always been like for me. Um, You know, I also was going through a lot my junior year of high school. Mm -hmm. Um, But looking back, it was not that big of a deal. (laughs) It was me, like, just worrying about high school problems. And um, my anxiety really started to flare up towards the end of high school Mm -hmm. um, due to personal reasons. Um, And, like, for me, like, um, I've always, like I said, I've always had anxiety. And it was Mm -hmm. weird because I feel like my anxiety was always there, but I didn't really start to notice it and kind of acknowledge it Mm -hmm. until like I was finishing up high school Mm -hmm. and then summer, like summer going into like, um, community college. Mm -hmm. So that was 2019. Um, that summer I was having a lot of anxiety because a, my friends were all leaving for college and I was still going to be stuck at home. That was making me sad and worried that I was going to lose them and I was going to be alone. And I was just like worrying about everything to the point where like, I feel like personally for me, anxiety, when it gets really bad, it gets to the point where I can't, I don't, I don't have an appetite. And that was, yeah, I know that exact feeling. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, oof. So, um, so going into community college, I was just kind of like, okay, you know what? Like, I'm here to get my credits. Mm-hmm. I want to transfer to a better school. You know, I didn't have a lot of options after high school. Mm-hmm. And, you know, better for my family to save money. Mm-hmm. 
So I was like, you know what? Let's just like do it. Let's suck it up. It's okay. Yeah. I actually had started therapy mm-hmm. um, during my first semester at community college. Mm-hmm. And so it was crazy because I had started therapy the first two weeks and, you know, I was just starting to get to know my therapist, yeah. slowly starting to unpack things. And she could already tell all that. She's like, oh, there's, there's a lot <laughs> there's here. A lot. I'm like, yeah. yeah. But then it all had to be put on pause because my family had gone through something very traumatic. Uh-huh. Um, and so for the first year of my therapy, I had to focus on, um, healing from that and working mm-hmm. around because we had lost um two of my family members very traumatically mm-hmm. and um working around that um was very difficult yeah um I'm sorry to hear oh it's cool we're fine now mm-hmm. <laughs> no I don't want to mm-hmm. I don't want to um take away from how hard that was mm-hmm. but um you know that was a lot and mm-hmm. you know like you said seeing your parents having their own mental health struggle like I also saw my dad experiencing the hardship because it was his side of the family so it really hit him hard and I was already I I already worry about him a lot because Mm -hmm. of I can see just the generational trauma yeah yeah and um so that really hit hit all of us hard and you know seeing your dad go through these big emotions it's, Mm -hmm. it's scary like you said because you know and it's not our fault that we saw him as a big, strong, like, authority mm-hmm. figure. It's not our fault because that's how they were told. Yeah. They, that was their role. Mm-hmm. That was their job. So seeing your dad kind of, like, go through it, you're mm-hmm. like, oh, wow. Yeah. You don't even think about that mm-hmm. sometimes. You don't even think about that dad is human, too, mm-hmm. you know? And obviously, like, in a perfect world, and I'm transitioning this into the talk of therapy... In a perfect world, I think everyone should go to therapy. Yes. I, I think, <laughs> you know, the picture of a utopia on Twitter, like, yeah. society. If, <laughs> if everyone, if everyone if went, went to, therapy, to therapy. Yeah. I know. I know there's still so much stigma around therapy. I know. Man, I would do anything to get, like, every man in my family to go to <laughs> therapy. Yeah. Holy cow. Mm-hmm. I wish. Um, but, you know, obviously... If you actually bring up that conversation, oh <laughs> man, <laughs> someone's gonna start a war. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I like, I always say that, and I've had people disagree with me when I've said that because I'll, I'll, I'll bring that up, and I remember having this conversation with someone where I was like, yeah, I think the world would be a better place if everyone mm-hmm. went to therapy, and they were like. I don't think so. Oh. I don't think so at all. And I'm like, what? Like, uh. like, what <laughs> yeah. And they're like, I just, I don't want to know what's wrong with me. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not that there's something wrong with you. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to know why your brain functions the way it does. Mm-hmm. And obviously it's scary to come to terms with that. It's scary to kind of acknowledge the fact, hey, maybe I do have anxiety. Maybe Mm -hmm. I do have depression. Mm -hmm. It's better to try to, like, help yourself, but you also have to want to help yourself. No, I completely agree. Yes. No, even just, God, I can't remember, because I was going to therapy for a bit, and then I remember being like, 
my life is perfect. My life is so good right now. I don't need to go to therapy. And then COVID happened. And then I was like, oh, snap. And then never resumed that because for me personally, I just like love getting to talk to someone in person and wasn't about like online. Oh, but if that's thing. your thing, that's your thing. And yeah. I thankfully had resources of people that I could talk to. But no, everyone should go to therapy, <laughs> even if, yeah, it doesn't have to be because you're having this major life crisis. I always take it as a very beautiful thing just to like reflect on where you are. And even just, I think talking is very therapeutic. Oh and my it's God. So helpful this to talk. I like podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so helpful to talk to someone who necessarily doesn't know anything about you, isn't in your life as like a main person who has this outside perspective from what you're sharing and can give you some more insights of things you wouldn't think but just you're able to reflect on like the highs and the lows and something that I've taken away even from therapy myself when talking and looking at my anxiety is just that it really everything that I'm anxious about stems from I'm oh my god I feel like my dad saying this but (laughs) thinking about the future and not living in the present moment because these anxieties, like, if I'm just, like, thinking about what I'm doing right now, like, I'm here, I'm talking with Milena, that's the only thing happening, and yeah. so if I'm, like, anxious about something, it's because I'm usually thinking about what's going to happen in the future, like, what oh, I have it to, exactly, and, like, thinking about the impacts and effects of that, so with me, like, one of the ways that I've always tried to kind of, not check myself, but remind myself, like, hey, okay, where are you right now, what's happening, check in take a few deep breaths and just feel the emotions like allow yourself to feel your anxiety because that's also something very bad that I do is if I'm anxious I'm like no this isn't happening right now Mm -hmm. and then I'm like this is and then like later on the day I end up like crying and calling my dad (laughs) to unpack it but yeah just that's really well said um I think you know like Donani was saying like talking is so mm-hmm. therapeutic and obviously like you have if if you have access to a therapist please take that opportunity because mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of communities that don't and um obviously UCLA has caps and I think they have a certain amount of sessions per quarter um I, I know think it some might be covered by you ship it you should be it. covered by you ship yeah so I would recommend um taking the opportunity Obviously, not every experience with therapy is perfect. Like, mm-hmm. I actually tried starting therapy in high school, mm-hmm. but I didn't think my therapist took me seriously, nor did mm-hmm. she actually try to go beyond, like, what was happening in my life because yeah. I was talking about, like, silly, stupid things that were happening in high school that was yeah. giving me anxiety, mm-hmm. but she didn't actually try to, like, figure out why it was causing anxiety yeah yeah because that's the thing there's also different types of therapists and they all have different types of approaches like some of them my Spanish teacher ironically in high school was also a therapist like on the part-time and I was like how can you do both but you know you gotta make the money and (laughs) (laughs) but he would talk about like in his practice he's more about just like listening to people not necessarily always giving them solutions but also if that's something that you want you can definitely find a therapist yeah who will provide you with those things and let me just emphasize that therapists are not there to solve your problems they're Mm -hmm. more there to help you understand them yes (laughs) um because I guess like 
um, this therapist I had in high school, I, they're, they're only, they were only listening to me and I really appreciated that. But then like 50 minutes would be up. She's like, okay, next week. And I'm like, what? what? <laughs> so, like, I just, I, I love having insight. I know mm-hmm. some people don't, I know yeah. some people don't really want an opinion as to like yeah. why you're going through life the way you are. Yeah. But, um, well, cause it's also hard. Mm-hmm to just like really sit down with yourself and could be just a hard pill to swallow like looking at all the things you have to work with so I can't tell you you're very brave to start therapy it's oh such a strong thing everyone so so brave Mm -hmm. um but like I said for you UCLA students if you feel like you need someone to talk to if you need a professional Mm -hmm. to talk to go check out CAPS for those of you listening who go to a different school or institution, go look into what your school or institution mm-hmm. might have because most schools do have resources. Um, I know in different communities they might have resources too. Mm-hmm. I know I know Kaiser might have some resources, <laughs> but I have my own I have my own beef with Kaiser. with Kaiser. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. Kaiser isn't paying for my therapy, so I'm very <gasps> fortunate that m- my family can pay mm-hmm. for it. But it's still like oh. they were able because I have Kaiser too mm-hmm. and cover, but it's like very limited. And mm-hmm. we were able to go to yeah. yeah. I we got beef with Kaiser. I uh, yeah. I this is anti Kaiser. <laughs> even though thank you for keeping me alive. Um, <laughs> Any for my vaccine. But um, going back to just talking in general, um, I'm going to transition this in ways you can help yourself. Just because. I have so many things up my sleeve. <laughs> um, having just any form of getting your feelings, thoughts, and emotions out is mm-hmm. so important. So for, for both of us, it's usually talking, right? But sometimes, like, I don't, or maybe you don't either. We don't always have people to talk to yeah. when we need to, which is okay. It's no one else's responsibility to kind of handle our baggage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But what I like to do sometimes, and I always recommend this to people, is sometimes I like to journal. Journaling helps me, like, compose my thoughts, um, helps me kind of organize what I'm feeling. Um, more recently, this past year, um, we were going. Th- I was going through a tough time. <laughs> and sometimes what I would do back at home, and this was before I moved away and mm-hmm. I was getting sick of my hometown, um, <laughs> I would go on drives and on those drives, you know, I'd play music, but then I'd actually start to talk to myself out loud. And, you know, at first I was like, I look insane. (laughs) I look like a crazy person, but then I'm like, no Mm -hmm. one else cares. I could just say like, I'm on the phone with someone. Yeah. I know. Who's going to ask you? Yeah, exactly. Who's going to like knock on my car and be like, are you okay? Yeah. Yeah. But even talking to myself, I would like, say some things out loud and be like whoa hold on like what were you even thinking like obviously like my therapist has taught me to kind of like change the language I have Mm -hmm. in my brain because when you think about it my brain gets very mean to me Mm -hmm. you know and when you say it out loud I'm like I would never talk to one of my friends like that so why would I talk Talk to to yourself like like that that? Mm -hmm. like so kind of like changing and start validating yourself Mm -hmm. because like you know you were saying how like you would beat yourself up about having anxiety and I Mm -hmm. would too I still do sometimes and but we know we'd never I'd never treat one of my friends like that that. I would never be like what's wrong with you why are you you scared yeah you you scared I would never do that Mm -hmm. so like I like my therapist has been like 
you need to be nurturing with yourself Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and obviously it is not easy like on the days that I wake up with anxiety and I wake up like with my heart racing and I'm like what do I do yeah like um sometimes I just kind of let it pass and Mm -hmm. I let it pass for like a few hours and I'm fine but you know being nurturing with yourself can look like having an outlet whether that's like taking a walk like today I was feeling pretty gloomy because of the gloomy weather so I went on a walk which was still gloomy <laughs> it was still gloomy but, but it was, was moving the body you know, yeah and like moving your body mm-hmm. is so helpful yeah even especially if you're like in a state where you're just so hyper anxious it's like really beneficial to be like okay I'm just gonna go on a run or I'm gonna go on a walk or do a mini workout because it really takes you out of the mindset that you're in in that moment I am also a huge advocate for walking because there was a period in quarantine where I would go on hour long walks every day and just listen to like my newest podcast. It was like my favorite time of the day. And it's funny. My parents were like, where are you going? I know. And I'm like, I was on my walk. And she's like, oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) No, I love walking. Um, Sometimes I get lazy though. I don't, I can't lie. But, um, yeah, over quarantine, I would go on a lot of walks around my neighborhood at home. And, mm-hmm. you know, I really enjoyed it. I loved listening to music and just feeling like a main character. Yes. Walking around <laughs> um, but there, you know, it got to a point where I was sick of walking around the same route. But moving mm-hmm. here, like I felt like I was like, oh, cool. I get to walk around more and I get to, you know, see new places. New environment. Yeah. Um, like moving your body too, like we were saying is so important, like going to get exercise, whether it's going on a run or if you have a gym membership, go to the gym, UCLA students, we get the gym for free, well free, it gets paid with our tuition, but, <laughs> but you can go to the gym and I know sometimes it's really packed and intimidating, but even yeah. just like going on the treadmill, like for me going on the treadmill, I feel like I'm Superman, like I'm yeah. like, no, but after, because I usually, if I run, I run like on pavement, so I was like, on the treadmill and like after I stopped I like was walking and I was like oh my god yeah, like I didn't I, yeah it was like not seasick because I don't get seasick but no, but it feels like it you're still like a weird motion like, yeah mm-hmm. it was funny yeah that's I mean that's why I danced so much I grew mm-hmm. up dancing and so because I had so much anxiety as a kid mm-hmm. looking back oh my god it helped me so much to yeah. kind of like focus on one yeah. thing to just have something what helps is having your brain to focus on something. I don't think I worded that correctly, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, like whether that's crafting, making art, um, doing your own little project, baking, even just like watching a comfort show. Mm-hmm. Like obviously like stay, it's good to stay away from the screens when you're feeling anxious, Yeah, especially like social media. Cause I know um. sometimes I do that out of like, I panic. I'm yes. like, I have nothing to do. What do I do? What do I do? <laughs> and social media has its own influences on everyone's another whole health. episode, yeah. which I think we'll save. <laughs> I wanted to talk about how you can help others. But do you want to talk about, do you remember what you were saying? Okay, we can do Wait. <laughs> oh, I was also going to say, just from my experience, like, in getting through some of my worst anxiety, like, I really depended around the people around me. But not to the point where I was like, oh, no, I wasn't burdening anyone by talking to them. We got to fix that thought process. But there you go. just I had such a wonderful support system that I was so grateful for. And it was really hard to open up to people. 
obviously, but I felt comfortable. I was lucky enough to feel comfortable with many people in my life, many adults in my life. I was with some encouragement from my guidance counselor, who I love, and talked to a few of trusted adults at my school, you know, some of my teachers who are very understanding, and also my old volleyball coach, who I love, Coach Lexi, I love you, and who even just, like, you know, would care for our bodies as our as like just like players and make sure we're taking care of ourselves but also she really highlighted the importance of taking care of yourself mentally and even where that comes into play with athletics and so she was someone that I could literally call because she lived in the same hometown I was like can you go on a walk right now to talk and she's like oh yeah I'll be there right now and just the best person and I just had the best support system and when I look back on that time like I really got through it because of those people and because of my friends and even if you don't have that it does doesn't take like a village even if you just have one person or one thing that is your outlet just stick with that and just focus on that because also you know we're college students we're going through a lot and just people in general if you keep going 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 not taking care of yourself you're gonna have burnout and most of the time when you have that you also have these mental health issues that you have to deal with but really like in each day at least doing like one thing for yourself whatever it may be is really good and preventing that burnout and a ton of these issues from happening and sometimes it doesn't but it helps them from getting to extreme levels that snaps to that dude that's amazing and I'm so happy that you had those like resources and people that you know you could count on I literally think it like makes me want to cry because I know (laughs) that's amazing that you had that and I and I want to emphasize again that like reach out to your friends Mm -hmm. you know I know talking to family doesn't always work yeah especially if you are Latinx or even if you are part of an immigrant culture Mm mm-hmm it is not easy to talk to your family sometimes. Yeah. And, you know, obviously that can turn into an argument. So, mm-hmm. to, you know, kind of relieve stress and anxiety. Reach out to your friends, especially, you know, for the most part, friends are going to be there to, like, listen to you. Obviously, they may not have the best advice, but um, it's good to just get it out, especially with someone you trust. And, you know, I also tend to, like, rely on people to kind of, like, get to just kind of get what I'm feeling out. I'm very fortunate that I have a lot of close friends and I have my mom. I'm always like talking to my mom about like why I feel the way I do. And she just listens and I'm like, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I, I'm very thankful that, you know, that's possible. But, you know, if you know someone in your life that might be struggling a little bit and you want to help them, but you don't know how, I have this little thing I learned in community college. So I was a mental health peer educator in community college and I freaking loved it so much. I loved that job and I (laughs) loved that experience. Um, But they taught me this three-step guide you can use to help someone. And it might sound cheesy, but Lord, it has helped me whenever (laughs) I talk to someone and they they open up to me Mm -hmm. about something. So... It is called V-A-R. The V stands for validate. So in the first step, um, when someone tells you and someone comes to you with a problem, um, 
you know, it could either be a very heavy problem or it could be just, you know, something that might be, maybe in your eyes, it might be not that big of a deal, but it's clearly bringing them distress. It is so important to validate them because you don't want to make someone feel bad for feeling the way they Mm -hmm. do. So you can validate someone by being like, I'm so sorry that happened. Like that must be super stressful or like just make them feel like they're not crazy for their feelings are valid. Exactly. (laughs) And then the next one is a, the A and VAR stands for appreciate, you know, appreciate them for opening up to you, appreciate them for their Mm -hmm. strength and vulnerability because it is not easy to open up. And, you know, sometimes it takes so much to do that. So, and lastly, the R and VAR stands for resources. Um, We're probably going to put a list of resources in the description. So Mm -hmm. if you want to come back to us and look at those resources, um, go ahead. But you should always... Oh, I'm actually so wrong. The R in VR stands for refer, which (laughs) means to refer this person to resources. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's all good. You got it. got that? It's refer. (laughs) Refer. Sorry, guys. Um, You know, you have... It's important to refer them to help they can get because mm-hmm. as much as you do want to help someone in distress, you are not, you are not a certified therapist or mm-hmm. psychiatrist, and you or don't maybe you are, but most of the time are, you aren't. It's important yeah. to make sure that you refer them refer to them to someone that is qualified yeah. to give them like real like clinical advice, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because you also don't want to give them. I don't know. You you have to be careful. Yeah, you have of course. to be very careful. Of so, you know, just three little steps go a long way in people's lives. Mm-hmm. I know I've had people that don't even realize that they do it and it means mm-hmm. the world. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that. No, I love that. <laughs> and also just broadly, because this is something I've just been picking up on because, you know, we're in college, yeah. we're meeting lots of new people we're deciding who gets to be in our lives now who we want to surround ourselves with so really just surrounding people who make you feel good Mm -hmm. about yourself and make you feel loved and also just as a person be kind to other people amen you never you never know what people are going through you can have absolutely no idea what someone's life is like and small interactions with people the things you say can have such such a huge impact so just to be aware of how you treat yourself how you treat other people like come on be a good person be kind for those of you who might be new like me and tonali tonali's a first year and i'm a first year transfer so you know we're figuring things out we're figuring things out as we Mm -hmm. go along and that's okay and you know there's days where we're gonna be like what am I doing Mm -hmm. like I felt like that for the first month here Mm -hmm. and when you feel like that you tend to like cling on to the nearest person yeah and then when you spend time with that person you kind of realize oh maybe we don't (laughs) match yeah you know uh-huh. like, yeah I feel so that. um meeting people can take time yeah meeting of people you trust can take time I wish like oh my god I wish I could hear this version of me <laughs> of me that was like two months ago mm-hmm. that was like crying about not having any friends mm-hmm. but like 
it takes time. Yeah. I'm not a very patient person, so that's why <laughs> I'm like, Ugh. Yeah. But it takes so much time. Yeah. And, you know, all you can do is just be authentically yourself. Yeah. You know, don't change for anyone. Mm-hmm. Don't feel the need to be around people because you don't want to be alone. Sometimes uh, being alone is necessary. I've learned to yeah. appreciate my time alone more now than ever. Yes. And you know, there's days where I feel alone and I'm like, this is great. I love being alone. I feel so powerful being mm-hmm. alone. And then there's days where I'm like, oh, I wish I had a company today. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like I wish I had someone to talk to mm-hmm. all the time, but you know what? I get to talk to myself. Yes, <laughs> you can talk to yourself. Mm-hmm. No, I totally feel that. And sometimes, yeah, it's better to be alone than be around people who don't make you feel good about yourself. If someone's making you, like, question your authentic self, um, I say just drop them. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, I have no patience for people who are mean to me or just, oh, like... Me neither. Or just rude to other people. I'm like, what is your problem? Yeah. Like, it takes so much energy to like actively be rude to people. I'm I can't like, say why would people you that, that are just like bluntly rude yeah. to other people. Mm-hmm. My mom always. I'm says, also like, sorry, no, go ahead. very sensitive. So, oh like, me too. Many, oh my god. I'm like, if you say any rude <gasps> thing about me, I'm yeah. gonna think about it for the yeah. rest of my year. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry, you're saying. Um, but my mom always says, "Mejor sola en vez de mal acompañada," which means it's better to be alone than to be uncom- accompanied by mm-hmm. the wrong people. Yeah. So, you know, it'll take time, but, you know, in that time alone, you could also learn how to be your own friend, mm-hmm. which is something I've been learning for, like, a while now. Yeah. And it's still a work in progress. It's always a work in progress. But yeah. learning how to be your own friend will probably save you at the end of the day. And when you learn how to be your own friend, you learn how to be a better friend to other people, too. Yes. So, yeah, I don't know. I think that's really awesome. Yeah, and just as an overall reminder too, yeah, just because I feel like a lot of the times people don't want to start to open up about their mental health issues or acknowledge them because they think it's selfish to take time for themselves. I sometimes feel that too. (laughs) But it's not, like, you're here, like, you deserve the best. And even if you are in that state, I feel like a good kind of, like, mind trick is you know, working on yourself, you in turn then become a better person in general and can become a better friend, become a better partner, become a better sibling, daughter, whatever. Like, and if you need to think like that in order to give yourself the time that you need to really focus on yourself, think like that. But also it's like not selfish at all whatsoever to give yourself the time that you need and the care that you need. Yes. Yeah. I 100% agree with that. And I think Oh my God, I lost my train of thought again. Um, I don't know. I feel that a lot of people need to start learning how to be in their own company and mm-hmm. um, don't ever feel pressured to do anything you don't want to do. And at this point, I feel like we're just trying to remind everyone that it is okay to feel that the, feel the things you do. And mm-hmm. um, Life is hard. Life is hard. <laughs> life will like... Life will push you off a mm-hmm. balcony and mm-hmm. spit on you and give you the finger, but you just got to be like, uh-huh. okay, <laughs> like, no, you don't have to act like you're fine, Yeah, but definitely take the time to process things. And, um, I'm going to say this one more time for the people in the back being vulnerable is 
strong, it's brave, and it shows resilience. Like you were saying, like for a long time, or even sometimes still, I feel like I'm burdening someone when I talk about my life mm-hmm. because my life hasn't been perfect. It, no, I don't think anyone's lives yeah. have been perfect. Mine, mine's been far from perfect. And um, when I talk about it, I feel bad because I'm like, I don't want to put them in a bad mood or I don't want to burden them or I'm scared of like if I'm trauma dumping on someone. Mm-hmm. And usually like when I express that where I'm like, I'm sorry if this is too much, I'm sorry, blah, blah, blah. They're like, mm-hmm. no, no, it's okay. And then, yeah. and they usually tell me it's okay. But then in my head, I'm like, Oh, I don't know. It's hard it's to, okay. yeah, what yeah. If they're just lying and they're just mm-hmm. trying to be nice. Yeah. <laughs> but when you, I would recommend opening up to the people you trust. Yeah. And then you can also even just ask them if they like even have the capacity, emotional capacity in that moment to like, listen to what you're saying because sometimes people may not but I'm sure in the majority of the time they probably will and then if not they definitely care about you and just will refer you to people who do and resources that do I promise you that like someone that you love would much rather have a conversation with you just to like work through your issues than like something bad happened to yeah because and yeah I just want to plug this again um we can cut this out if this is too much, but recently I come from kind of like, even though I grew up in LA, like a small part of LA, little community. And recently in October, we lost one of our community members essentially in their battle with mental health. Um, yeah, they, yeah. And I just think about, you know, you like to think that these issues aren't as prevalent or they are, but they somehow don't affect your life. But when you can put a face, the name and just remember the experience that you had with someone and you can really just like, yeah, like I said, put a name to kind of this issue and these things. It really just like touches you even more. And why I'm just like, please, please talk to someone if you need to. I promise you, like, even if I don't know you, I care about you. I want you to be okay. When it happens in in your own life to someone Mm -hmm. you love, that's when it really hits you. And it's unfortunate that you have to experience that to fully understand it. Mm -hmm. But that's why this stuff needs to be talked about. So please don't cut this out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I do know how bad it gets to a point where people are, like, um, taken to the hospital for it. Mm -hmm. And... Um, I do know like people that were close to me that were harming themselves and it's just in those situations you don't really know what to do and Mm -hmm. you don't ever want to um, you don't ever want to force them to like talk to someone if they don't want to and you don't ever want to feel like it's your responsibility but looking back and the way I've handled situations like that it's so important to just call for help Mm -hmm. because you have to prevent it yeah you know it's better to prevent it rather than being too late. And mm-hmm. then that'll be a, a weight that you carry. And, um, but it's crazy because I feel like it's not even talked about in media enough. Yeah. Um, like the only time we hear about suicide is, sorry, the S word, um, is when it happens to like a celebrity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that sucks too, because you know, you see these celebrities living lavish lifestyles, but then yeah. you don't ever really know what really goes what on. What goes like, on. What really, like, 
hit me hard was when Robin Williams passed away. Mm. You know, I didn't know him personally, but, you know, I wish I did. And I wish he did get the help because imagine what more he could have been doing for this world today. And I don't know. So please, please, please get help before it gets to a point where it's hard. And it sucks because unfortunately a lot of the times these conversations kind of about mental health or even the pressures that people experience aren't talked about or mentioned until it gets to that point where we lose someone because of it. And we don't want that to happen because it's, but yeah, sorry. (laughs) Um, It's just so unfortunate that it usually has to get to that point. And then even it's a hard pill to swallow just to think that things will go on and that we might experience more things like that in the future, but all we can, yeah. But that's why we're here talking about it because it's better to acknowledge it and to see that it's happening and try to find solutions. Obviously, there won't ever be a real solution because mm-hmm. it's going to take a whole society yeah. to <laughs> undo these preconceived notions of mental health. Yeah. But um, we're talking about it. Mm-hmm. And like we've been saying, talking is like the best medicine when it comes yes. to mental health. So let's keep having these conversations. Let's keep bringing awareness to it. Let's keep mm-hmm. plugging all the resources. Let's keep doing all that and kind of see where it takes us Mm -hmm. and um this has been a really wonderful episode um we are at over an hour right now Mm -hmm. so i think we're gonna start to wrap this up up. um so thank you so much for for having this conversation with me tonali that's thank you for having me you're so brave for doing this (laughs) you're like one of the only people in the room that were enthusiastic oh no i was so down well because i didn't even mention this but yeah i was a health and wellness officer at yes. my high school for ASB. Literally, it was a very new position. This was only the second year that we were doing it, but I just learned so much because in my life, like I was thankful enough that my parents did have like background in that and tried to instill just principles of like health and wellness and even mental health in both me and my brother's life or my brothers and I our lives. And you know, I thought I knew stuff and then I got into the vision. I'm like, there's Dude, so much I don't right, know, right. but it was so helpful. And I just feel so passionate yeah. about this. So of course I jumped at the opportunity to talk about it with you. Thank you. And if you do want to learn more about mental health in general, um, I believe UCLA has an active minds club. They're mm-hmm. constantly doing workshops about mental health topics and, you know, just to kind of like educate yourself yeah. so that you can kind of help understand the world better and when you understand the world better you can find ways to help people so you can check out active minds i'm pretty sure caps also has resources on these kinds of topics and um Mm. so thank you again tonani for joining me today thank you for having me we'll see you guys in the new year yeah that's crazy (laughs) all right have a good new year and happy holidays yes and be kind to yourself yes be kind to yourself (laughs) bye guys